0: You are listening to Peak
1: One Sports. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Sports Page on the Peak One Sports Network. Hello, everyone. I'm Ashton Nix. Joined with me, as always, Chris Rob, and a special guest today uh, from our Friday night football broadcast, now in the offseason, Dan Boyer. What's going on, Dan?
0: Hey, guys. How's it going?
1: It's going great. Um, Chris, how are, you, how are you doing?
0: Doing good, man. It's, uh, you know, just been celebrating, been kind of down, uh but mostly celebrating, you know, just, you know, with everything going on, especially with the Rangers. Uh, Cowboys, you know, it's not really going to dim the 53 years or 60 years of, you know, of waiting and, you know, just a just really pure joy. It was just it was incredible to watch.
1: Yeah, yeah uh, it is amazing. Yeah, we're definitely going to talk about the Rangers in this episode. We can't keep ignoring the Cowboys uh, as much as a lot of people want to right now. Um, with with a pretty good game, um, not the not the best outcome, not what we were looking for, but we'll we'll get to that later on in the show. Um, real quick before we start, let me uh, bring up one of our sponsors, um, Betalytics. Don't bet with your gut. Use Betalytics. Let them do all the hard work. They use. AI uh, AI machines to, to look up algorithms, look at what's going on in sports, gives you player props, projections, all kinds of stuff. Go to betalytics.com, and when you sign up, use promo code PEAK1, and you get 15% off. Um, let's just jump right into it and talk Rangers. Um, Chris, every time we do this show, because it's, it's a weekly show, we've been uh, pretty much recapping or previewing a series. Uh, throughout Mm -hmm. this playoff run and uh, last week we had uh, we previewed game five Mm -hmm. and kind of run us through what you know what a lot of stuff we were talking about and uh, kind of what we talked about going into game five and and how that turned out
0: yeah so I remember you know I asked you a question about how you wanted to to you know the win to feel like did you want a close game did you want it to be in hand you know a a blowout blowout win and it kind of gave gave us everything i never was really worried about you know the outcome especially if we got the first run and it was almost like you know it was just a win that kind of just stamped the season we were such a great offensive team the entire year the best in the league um you know top two at least and you know for them to pull out a grinded out victory where they struggled uh, you know especially later on going into the playoffs they kind of stumbled into the playoffs um, you know, losing those, those type of games and for them to, you know, close it out with a win like that, it was, you know, just unbelievable. And, you know, one of those games where, you know, I I was just counting the outs at that point, I wasn't really too stressed about it, especially after we got, you know, you know, the first run and, you know, pitching was unbelievable. And it was just kind of like, Oh, this is, this is it. This is the moment. Yeah,
1: it was really interesting because uh, you asked that question and we pretty much got both. It was a really close game, really good game. Mm-hmm. A uh, pitching battle all the way up until the seventh eighth inning, um, and then the Rangers just end up winning it five nothing. I think mm-hmm. when they scored that first run, um, obviously how that inning went because they should have scored a couple more runs. Yeah. Uh, but I think I was more nervous after they were up one nothing than when I was when it was nothing nothing. Yeah. Uh, right, because right. then it got real. You're like okay. Yeah. Flashback to 2011. You have the lead you mm-hmm. just have to close out the game now zero zero it's it's still a close game but you know for lack of a better term you're getting your asses kicked mm-hmm. even though nobody had scored because you were no hit till the seventh inning right um, yeah. but they were getting all these opportunities and i kept saying i was texting tony and other people and saying i think they're i think the diamondbacks are going to lose this game they're just giving up too many opportunities mm-hmm. um and then then they get up one nothing i'm like i, I I'm not going to be able to breathe these last two innings. And then luckily they get up five <laughs> right. nothing. And then we're like, yeah. okay, we're going to head to the Academy, watch it on our phone, staying in line, get, mm-hmm. get all the merch. Yeah. Um, Dan, what were your thoughts on game five?
2: Uh, no, I was kind of right there with you, Ashton. The whole time, the Diamondbacks, I just felt like they were really giving up a lot of opportunities. Uh, to be honest, both pitchers put in quality starts. Uh, Gallon only gave up the one run. Uh, on the three hits in that sixth inning when no we finally strung that first hit or that first run together. Um, Eovaldi put in six innings, but he gave up, you know, four hits and the five walks that just kind of like made some of the innings like more stressful. And then he manages to like, you know, uh, go one, two, three in the final six that he pitched and uh, really got out of there. And then, to be honest, the part that really got me the most was I, – I don't uh, know if y'all caught this on the broadcast, but the minute that they mentioned Gallen had a no-hitter going in the sixth inning and oh, yeah, yeah. start that, I, boom, three hits. I thought that they were going why yeah. That's why you don't yeah. talk about it. That's why you don't talk about it. But, yeah, uh, I mean, considering, like, both pitchers put in such quality starts all the way through six innings and everything um, – Eovaldi definitely kind of had me stressing a little bit more with how many times like, uh, well, especially in the fifth when he managed to load the bases, but it was, uh, after that I was like, you said, Ashton, I was like, man, the diamondbacks are going to lose this game. Cause they just keep leaving so many guys on base. And then finally the Rangers managed to string a few hits together and that no hitter. And then, uh, Really, it was the same thing for me, too. It was like going into the ninth, I was a little more stressed about like a one-nothing. I was like, I'd really like us to just get an insurance run here just to make it a little safer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as soon as they, you know, put that together, too, I don't I don't think I was worried about it. I was like, these boys are about to win some hardship tonight. Like, yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is going to be a great night.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, going back to, to jinxing the, uh, the no-hitter, I thought it was kind of interesting because it's a national broadcast. They don't really have – skin in the game i mean not mm-hmm. supposed to anyway. it's, it yeah. sounded right. like they did but we're, yeah. we're not going to talk about that because the rangers won we don't have to worry about that mm-hmm. uh but they were it was like going they they get out of the sixth inning or whatever uh and they say these uh gallons with a no a uh, perfect game or no hitter no he was a, per, a no hitter because he'd given up a walk or whatever earlier yeah yeah uh and i thought i don't think you're really supposed to say that because i know yeah. when you when you have uh most of your games, it's not a national game. You have your local guys doing it. They won't say that. Right. I, I can't yeah. remember a lot of situations watching a national broadcast, a no-hitter, if they tend not to say it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I definitely know, and I'll, I'll be telling my wife something's happening. You know, it, it, I can't tell you what's not happening, but, <laughs> right? and it's interesting how, how the announcers will just completely ignore it as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, going back to watching the game, it didn't seem like such – a great game from Uvalde. And then the same with gallons when you have um, that bad inning, but you go, you back up and you look at the, the box score. It looks like yeah. it was just a pitcher's battle. And I mean, it, it was, yeah. Uh, but it just didn't feel that way. I guess as a Rangers fan, you're just like, uh, yeah, that's great. You're, you're getting out of these jams, but it was like again and again and again. Yeah. Like,
0: and you almost, it almost felt like you, they were bound to like, one, They were bound to, you know, you know, drive into and I was just like, oh, you know, like I was just waiting for them to, you know, get out of the jam. And they I mean, they to their credit, they did. But, uh, you know, being kind of a picky fan, you know, you just you just don't want that. You know, you kind of want to clean that stuff up. But at the end of the day, like, you know, that's that's just how the game was played. That's that's how both teams play. They they get on base. That's you know, that's what they're, you know, really known for.
2: Yeah, I don't think I was more stressed than in that fifth inning when Eovaldi, like, walked those yeah. uh, two hitters. Well, what, because he gave up the hit, and I think he walked a guy who stole second, and then he walked the next one, um, and bases loaded after that. And, I mean, it's a it's a two-out situation with bases loaded, so it's not, like, as stressful as, like, mm-hmm. a one-out situation. You know you're probably going to give up a run here. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he and, I mean, he worked out of it. And then, uh, to be honest, I wasn't even sure he was going to come back to pitch that sixth yep. inning. And he came back and it was, you know, ground out and two more strikeouts and right mm-hmm. out of the sixth. And I was like, all right, well, you know, boy yeah. wants to work. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. But it, I mean, and then I mean, plus you figure after that, it was uh, it was Chapman put in two thirds and and yeah. then. uh, uh was it the close. Yes. as far as. Yeah. And credit to
1: Bochy. I mean, in Bochi we trust he's he's made a lot of decisions. I, I don't know. We call him questionable. But we'd be like, hey, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that he did that. It's worked every time. Yeah. Um. And, and I was, I was sure Uvaldi was out sometime in that fifth inning. He let him finish the fifth inning. I'm like, okay, he's giving him the opportunity to get the decision. And then he comes back out in the sixth. I'm like, oh my, the balls on this guy to send mm-hmm. him back yeah. out. And then Deleaf, he walked
2: those bases loaded, and I was like,
1: yeah. And to leave Spores right? in too. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that I mean Spores is a quality pitcher, and I guess you had Clerk pitch the day before. Uh, maybe you hold that his thinking is we'll hold it out in case sports gives up a couple of runs. Then we'll bring Leclerc in. Um,
0: but man, it, that's his confidence. That shows confidence. in him. Yeah. He, it it he, worked out know, for him to put him back in, you know, that, that probably gave him the, Oh, you know, like, you know, I can do this. I can get three more outs. And, you know, he went out there, ground out two strikeouts. And, you know, that's just a coach being a good coach and knowing his, you know, knowing his personnel.
1: He, uh, I mean, I don't think there's any doubt he, wins manager of the year Uh, Mm -hmm. you know bringing a team from 100 and something wins that were just two years ago uh, to his first year winning the world series Uh, but it was like this whole playoff series I mean credit to the Rangers they have a great roster you've seen them high of highs and low of lows this season Mm -hmm. but it seemed like Bochy was just playing chess this entire time when we're thinking, why are you doing it this way? Why are you basically for, for, uh, three series using base, you know, maybe four bullpen guys, I'd have to go back and rewatch it. Right, yeah. It seems like it's the same four guys just in the bullpen forward. working with what he has, uh, just a testament to how great of a manager. And, you know, my personal uh, opinion that the, you know, you take any coach or manager of any sport, I think baseball is the most underrated, uh, maybe yeah. not underrated, but least overrated of coaches in any other sport.
0: Definitely. Yeah. I feel like a, a lot of people think that they're just kind of just there to, you know, just, I'm not really make sure. Line up. Yeah. 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 Just make a lineup. And, but it's a lot that goes into it, you know, arm management, you know, bullpen um, just, you know, having people in the right positions, you know, batting order um, just putting people in places where they can succeed. And he did the best job of that, you know, pretty much in the entire league this year
1: because in football you're winning by 20 or losing by 20 or whatever coach is like okay we're just gonna you know whatever put it put in the backups or try to get momentum next game whatever Mm -hmm. baseball is completely different because you play every day so you can't just say screw it we're gonna mail this one in you have to figure out okay i have to decide am i going to use our best bullpen guys because we're still in this game Mm -hmm. and potentially screw up the next week because I mm-hmm. use these guys, or you know, you see them when they're down 10 runs, put it in a position player sometimes. Or you have those guys on your bullpen that they're just there to eat innings uh, to get you through the next game because you don't have a week to reset and figure it all out, especially in the playoffs when everything is so much more intense. Yeah, true.
2: Yeah, no, and even on the other side of that ball, you know, we're, we're talking about, uh, you know, trying to have some intervention on players who are gone a little cold behind the plate. I mean, you're only going to get three maybe four at bats a game you know that's not a whole lot of information for you to get from just one game and even after like a week you know you've only got 20 at bats you know it's you know how much information are you really going to get from that to have like good intervention as far as like trying to help production behind the plate but man i i really appreciate the way like bochi just really stuck it out with the rangers he had faith the whole time even when they went through those slumps behind the plate just weren't getting the the hits, the runs that, that we had started the first half of the season with. you know, like scoring seven to 10 runs a game is mm-hmm. insane in baseball, you know? And then it was just, you know, August and September, we just really cooled off. But it just seemed like Bochy was just never like panicked about it. He was like, this team's something different. Like y'all just watch. And,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and they came through, man. And they came through in, I think, more than I would have anticipated, especially at the beginning of the season.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, we we'll talk parade, guys. Uh, Chris, I know you were talking in the last uh, episode that you might come back down. I know yeah. you're you're in Chicago. There might be a yeah. chance you come down. They had the parade like two days later. It was like, yeah, that's the only thing. So really, yeah. like a day and a half later. Because yeah. after they I remember win, when the Mavs,
0: it's... the Mavs had theirs. I'm not sure if it was like a week after or like yeah later that that week. It was like two days, and I was like, I can't even make a you know a plan to you know to come because it was. You know, right then and my brother, my little brother went and um, he sent me videos and everything. Um, he was actually, he was like on the front rail. Um, he got like Corey Seager and you know, they were whenever yeah. they were chanting MVP and everything. So cool. it was it was so cool. Like I watched all the videos. It was definitely something I wanted to be a part of. But you know, um, did you guys go?
1: I did not go uh dan did you have any plans to go thoughts about maybe trying to or
2: man in all honesty uh i had asked my buddy uh, i was watching the game game five with him and when the game ended i was like like what, what do you think about maybe trying to go to the the parade and the next day it was like hey parades tomorrow you know what mm-hmm. i mean yeah. and it was like man i got like i already had like family plans and stuff to do that that friday and mm-hmm. i mean it was a friday at like noon um yeah so I was, de- I was definitely like I don't think I'm gonna make that and then they were already having predictions on so many people being out there mm-hmm. and it was like you're gonna want to show up at like 9 10 in the morning yeah to like find parking and everything I had some friends that went and they actually had to park on the other side of 30 and then walk
1: oh wow yeah to uh the ballpark I can't imagine away. like what i mean, trying to get an uber was like Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, if
2: you've seen the pictures and stuff, it was estimated to be like 700,000 people. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah.
2: And that's just insane. Because in all honesty, I mean, I was just like crunching numbers off the top of my head. And if you go with some of the conservative estimates that were only 500,000, let's say there's like four people in every car, which I feel like is a high estimate. That's 125,000 cars. You know what I mean? you trying man. to get out of Arlington with 125,000 cars. Like, ugh, yeah. man, that would have been a rough, rough day, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. So, but it looked amazing. I saw a lot of the videos for it. And actually, um, I think like the, the local CBS uh, news team or whatever uh, did like a, a little special uh, where they showed a lot of the. The parade and mm-hmm. uh, the player speeches and things like that um, yeah. it looked it looked awesome uh i'm not gonna lie i'm glad i was not there though <laughs>
1: <laughs> i was i was kind of in the same boat where i was thinking like why would i just do it just do something crazy because i was going out of town the next day so they win they win the championship i say screw it let's go to academy we're out i get back it's probably midnight. I, I like, I'm not going to go to bed anyways. It's just too mm. much journaling. I'm, I'm watching right, yeah. post game and everything. Probably. I, I know on Thursday I have to wake up at three to drive to Houston to get there a certain time or whatever. Um, so yes, I did wear my world series championship hat down to Houston and then went over to Corpus Christi and then yeah. I was leaving Corpus and, I, and I'm glad I didn't plan on doing this. Cause I left Corpus. I woke up at like four in the morning to come back on Friday Um, and I still wouldn't have been there on time. So, so add on all this driving off, like two hours of sleep, I would have had to wake up probably about 3 AM just to drive straight to the parade, which I wasn't prepared to like, just go straight there from home or whatever. Um, and, uh, going there, like I was kind of like, man, maybe I should have planned on leaving earlier and go, and I'm listening to the radio the whole time. And, uh, Then when I'm starting to get back into DFW, I'm just hearing how crazy it is. People are parking on the side of 30 and, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm like, man, I'm glad I, I'm glad I didn't do that. Maybe in the future, another championship that they expect that many people, maybe I get like a hotel the night before. So I'm already in the area and then stay in the hotel. Then it like stay two nights. So I don't ever, I don't have to worry about getting down there or leaving uh, in all the chaos.
2: I mean, just an opinion question here though. You think this many people would turn out for a Cowboys Super Bowl? It'd
0: probably, uh, it'd probably be triple that. Probably be I think like,
1: for the Cowboys because it's the Cowboys. Yes. Yeah. I mean I the Mavs' their first championship. There was only a couple hundred thousand people. Right. Yeah. It was way smaller. For that for a future Rangers smaller. World Series, I don't think it would be this crazy unless they just did some kind of dynasty run and you just yeah, yeah. add up all the uh, bandwagon I mean, they, fans they, and more and more they fans. Could run it back. I think they. Could. Yeah. yeah. Well, the cow the Cowboys. Um, I, I with be triple. the brand be how I big it is easy. and they have it 1 in 25 it might as well be like yeah. for, for at least 40% of Cowboys it fans, might as well be a they they've first ne- Super Bowl. yeah they've never seen it yeah. um
0: and you got to think it's a uh, Cowboy stadium seats 100,000 people so like just at every game alone is about 100,000 people yeah so not even bringing in you know like the fans that travel and then um you know, the fans from all over. Cause they're like, cause I'm in Chicago. There are a lot of, there are a lot of Cowboys fans here. So, mm-hmm. and everywhere I go, they're I everywhere. see Cowboys jersey. So, and it's like, you know, obviously, like you said, the brand is the most popular sports like franchise in the world. So I, I couldn't even imagine they would, they'd probably have to like really shut the city down. Like it would be, it would be crazy.
1: Yeah. Like the Cubs, for example, when they won the world series, I think there was a couple million people. They said we're yeah. at the parade, uh, but that's just a completely – like, again, it might as well be – like, you're just looking at a stat sheet. They hadn't won a World Series since whenever. Yeah, They've really never won a World Series. I mean, yeah, as far about, as yeah, anybody who's, who's who's alive, nobody's ever seen Still, them win yeah. a World Series outside of maybe like two people. In the, in that's over 100. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just a completely different brand. Like, I was surprised that the Rangers got that much because I thought the Mavericks were a pretty big brand in the NBA for never winning a championship, but yeah, the Rangers fans, uh, man, they stood out. They, they balled out. They, they did a great job.
2: And they like to say, we're not a baseball town.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Josh Hamilton is not correct on there. Yeah. That's, that's, (laughs) I mean, Arlington has about a population of 400,000 maybe. Yeah. And so you, you cram 700,000 people just down in their little downtown area. Mm -hmm. Um, man, I've, I've, we went to Six Flags a couple of months ago and there was a Rangers game and a high school football game at the old stadium. At the old stadium yeah. um, and that, to me, that was like hell trying to get out of there. It probably took 15 yeah. minutes, but it's like, y- y'all know, it's a mile off of 30. It's not, not right, crazy, yeah. but 15 minutes was like, screw this. I eventually went South and just went down to 20. Um, right. Dude, I could not even have imagined. It's like, yeah, just go park down to 20. And just hitchhike or something that would be your best bet uh, of trying to get out there. Um, I- any final thoughts? I know, uh, I think next week maybe we'll try to talk a free agency because this is going to be a fun off season for the Rangers. You know, they're supposedly favorites to get Otani and a bunch of other things outside of that. You know, let's close down the 2023 season. Any final thoughts, Chris? We'll start with you. Just anything that's on your mind about the Rangers, it was
0: just, it was just you know, so exciting. I, you know, I think you know, there were so many people there because Dallas was just kind of starving for a championship. We, you know, we talk, we talk about the Cowboys rings a lot that, you know, that was in 90, what last one was 95 or 96. And, um, you know, the Mavs won in 2011. So it's been 12 years since we got a championship and I think fans are just, you know, clamoring for, you know, for a parade. Cause I feel, you know, Dallas is, what the third, the second, third biggest Metroplex in the, you know, fourth, fourth behind yeah, Chicago, like New yeah, York, yeah,
1: so. LA, Chicago, Dallas. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, like, it was just one of those things where it was just people were just ready. And I, and I was one of those fans as well. And um, for them to go on a run like that, it was, you know, such an incredible season, ups and downs, but um, they closed, they closed it out and, you know, in a big way. And I just, Kid. Like I can't, could, I couldn't even put the words. I still really don't even believe it truthfully, but, you know, I try to look up highlights every single day just to, you know, make sure everything was straight. So.
1: Yeah. The amount of times I've watched the bottom of the ninth inning. Yeah. The last, the last yeah, three, uh, probably three times 20 times. And it's not, uh, it's not doled down. It, if anything, it's gotten me more hyped up mm-hmm. and, and more real. Uh, yeah. Dan, what about you? Uh,
2: no, kind of the same thing, I guess, uh, man, just, so awesome. It's even hard to put into words. Uh, obviously like in my entire life, I haven't seen the Rangers win a championship. I saw them get real close a couple of times, um, and just kind of break my heart. Um, but man, baseball was probably my first sport, my first love. And it's been amazing to watch the Rangers from, you know, like the nineties with like Pudge and Juan Gonzalez and all of them. And, and even like Josh Hamilton and Michael Young and, uh, all those guys that made that those runs Mm and you know, the 2010s like this, this felt like it was, it was coming and and it was going to happen. We just had to be patient and we had to get there. It's been a lot of fun to watch it. And to be honest, I'm, I'm just like you guys were saying, man, I love watching that final pitch and even seeing it just drop into the top of that zone. Like Mm -hmm. in that game, I gave my own bow and arrow and was like pumped about it, you know? uh, So, I mean, it was, it was amazing and it was, it was a lot of fun. I hope, the Rangers can run it back and, you know, do some of the right things in the off season and everything. Mm -hmm. I hope they don't Uh, get
0: complacent. Yeah. uh,
2: But yeah, but I mean, and especially considering like how I felt about the Rangers at the season start in April was, it was really kind of a like, all right, well, here we go, you know? And then by the time August and September came, you know, you were feeling a little more dire, but it was like, all right, like, come on, here we go. Like, let's do this, you know? And then Mm -hmm. it's playoff time. And it was, like, here we go. Like, yeah. Like, and it was, it was, it was, it was an amazing ride. What a great 2023. I'm so pumped. The Rangers won this one. Yeah. It's awesome.
1: Yeah. As um, improbable of a run, it was, it wasn't improbable because of their talent, because they've been one of the better teams in baseball season. It's just improbable how, how it went down. The devastation of losing the division in the last game and mm-hmm. winning 11 straight road games and just how all that went down was improbable but they have a really talented team they supposedly made back a ton of the money they've already spent uh again i hope chris said i hope they're not going to get complacent it didn't sound like they are um now that they've earned a lot of money back they can go out and, and spend more money and and i heard a rumor that they were or not a rumor i heard that they chris young was they were um prepared to outbid anybody to trade for shohei otani like they were going to give whatever it took that would be amazing um that's what but of course shohei otani wasn't put on the market so you never got Mm -hmm. to see that so with that being said with that knowledge you would think they're willing to because they're not going to trade everything to get him and then not try mm -hmm. to resign him um so it's good to know that that the rangers are on otani's list so you know, the Rangers just have, you know, have to be one of those top teams. But, yeah, we'll we'll break that down more in a future episode. Yeah. Um, before we run out of time, let's talk Cowboys. Um, not not really that big of a drag. Uh, they played one of the best teams in the league. They competed. Yeah. Um, it's just going from World Series champions to we lost. Uh, <laughs> there's Pessimism tells you there's still five yeah. and three. Right. Very easy schedule. While the Eagles have a very hard schedule, it's not – far-fetched to say when the Eagles come to AT&T Stadium uh, in a few weeks, whatever week that is, that the the Cowboys could just be a game back because mm-hmm. it, it would be very, very disappointing if they don't go 3-0 the next few weeks. Uh, but yeah. you never know. that. That's what we always say. That's what we, me and Chris, we, we said that about the Cardinals. They're like, do we have to worry about the Cardinals? Are we worrying about it? And then they went out and, and, and put they went that on, yeah. Yeah. We We yeah. talked about they should compete against the 49ers. They get their butts kicked. Uh, so Dan, we'll start with you. What are your overall thoughts on the Cowboys game and where they need to be looking forward?
2: I mean, I hate to kind of like be that guy. That's always like, Oh, Jack Prescott, Jack Prescott. But it just, it feels like we've been waiting eight seasons for him mm-hmm. to like, finally live up to yeah, the I'm expectations. There.
1: Yeah. We're still here. Yeah. We're still here. Keep going, Dan.
2: Uh, to just kind of like get him to live up to those expectations that everybody was having for him in that rookie and sophomore season. And I feel like it's reached kind of like that point of frustration where I can't necessarily be certain if it's like the Cowboys offensive play calling or if it's Dak's execution of these plays that kind of leaves the Cowboys in these situations in like late third quarters, fourth quarters where they're relying on Dak to sling the ball an extra 20 times. So he's got 40 pass attempts in every game. And it seems like on paper, he's this top 10 quarterback. But when you look at like our record and especially kind of his playoff record, he's never been able to get us an actual like playoff spot. It's only ever been a wild card spot and he's two and two in those wild card games and, then, and Oh, and two in the division games if, after they win the wild card. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it just feels like we're, like, waiting for something to happen that's just not going to happen. And, I mean, I don't know if you guys know what the definition of insanity is. <laughs> yeah. doing the same thing over so and over, over again, and over, expecting yeah. a different result. And it feels like every season, it's like, oh, Dak Prescott's the guy. And he just does not live up to those expectations. And I, I feel like I'm just reaching that point where it's like, you know, we need that guy. But I... Uh, I was kind of telling Ashton uh, I don't expect the Cowboys to ever trade Dak though, because on paper, he looks yeah. so good. He's that probably he, in, would, he wouldn't be a free agent for more than a week before somebody else picked him up. Cause there are teams in the league that would snatch him up in a hurry, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like the Raiders off the top of my head, or honestly, even the giants or the uh, Washington football team, like even in our division, you know, like there are teams in the league that would snatch him up in a hurry. So as much as I want to hate him, you know, like, I mean, what's the alternative? It's kind of the evil, you know,
1: versus the evil you don't. Yeah. Yeah. The definition of insanity, Uh, you might need to go let Jerry Jones know what that is. Because he's 25 uh, years. 20 yeah, they're, they're never going to get rid of, <laughs> of Dak unless he gets hurt. They draft another quarterback and he d- basically does what he did to Romo. Um, It, it doesn't sure. make sense financially to try to trade Dak or get rid of Dak. Um, sure you say they're only this far away from the end of his contract, but they're going to keep as long as they're competing or contending, which arguably they've contended just about every single year, at least going into the season since like 2006. Um, yeah. There were years that Romo gets hurt or Dak gets hurt. And then they, you know, they have a losing season, but going into it, you're thinking, okay, they're contending for a playoff spot. So intended until that point, they're just going to keep restructuring and pushing it out where it would just be devastating to their cap cap space to, to try to, to trade them away. They just have too much dead cap. Um, and I think Jerry Jones is terrified of the period that they dealt with between Troy Aikman and Tony Romo of just the Quincy
0: Carter, the, Quincy uh, Carter, dude, um, yeah, all, yeah, Drew
1: Henson, yeah. Testa Verde, Brad Johnson, where you were just bringing in all these new quarterbacks, he's drafting for agents, whatever. Um, and the young quarterbacks weren't working out the the retreaded quarterbacks were not working out and then all of a sudden i mean you go get drew bledsoe who's seemingly still in his prime maybe mm-hmm. towards the end coming of his off his prime, prime coming or, off his prime you're yeah. like hey we're gonna go get drew bledsoe and then him getting hurt or w- was it even him getting hurt it might just been him playing yeah. terrible uh yeah. th- that's when I, Romo I think he got comes, injured, in yeah, he got right
0: injured and, yeah, I, yeah he got injured a- and yeah yeah he got injured.
1: and then romo comes up and then all of a sudden uh and Romo and Dak are two different quarterbacks, two different yeah, styles of play. I love Romo. But my thinking okay. is, the, is, is the same is they put up the stats. They get you to the playoffs a reasonable amount of time. Now, is, as high as your standards for the Cowboys should be, it's not enough. But above average amount of times, they'll get you to the playoffs, and then there's just whatever happens in the playoffs, they don't perform. They perform mm-hmm. enough to lose by three and make you think, hey, they – were they were so close to winning. Cause really, can you think about it? When's the last time they got blown out in the playoffs? Yeah, it's not, uh, it's these devastating loss. The
0: last one was uh, when Romo played the Vikings, whenever they went up uh, in the division around that one year, but yeah, exactly. always close. It's it's, it's always, always close. It's it, the, in area, Cowboys fashion. Had, yeah. The, uh, the, the uh, fumble in Seattle, the, you know, um, the last like two, all of the forty nine ers were crappy the Packers, games. The Dez caught it game, yeah. But, you know, like it's yeah, it's, it's they're always right there. I, I, it's know, like, like one I, possession
1: games where it puts it in your mind. Well, if one thing does, you know, is different. If one thing changes, you win that game,
0: and that's. Yeah. And they went down twenty one zero against the Packers that one year, but yeah, you know, it's. I know, I, I know. This is completely. It's kind of off topic, but I really think they. I blame Jerry Jones and I blame the coaching, but yeah. I don't think they put enough around Tony Romo. Or as far as like the line, they didn't put enough money into the line. Yeah.
1: By the time they started doing that and they got, he was they already, got the best he, line. Yeah. He couldn't yeah, stay healthy. And that's, like
0: he was, he was taking too many hits at that particular point. And then they put in Dak and, you know, he, you know, Dak is a, like, he's a good, he's a good player. And you're not going to trade him because anybody that's, that is above him is not going to get traded from their team. So, um, and you don't want, you're not going to trade below. He's like a if seven. If you trade him, below.
1: you're not, they're not going to take on his contract. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you so, think uh, who would yeah. you trade him to? It would have to be a, a Super Bowl caliber team mm-hmm, to that get, doesn't yeah. already have, you know, all this cap space taken up. No,
2: honestly, one of the stats I was looking at that I think is absolutely insane. Dak um, Prescott's like one of the top three accurate, most accurate quarterbacks this season. Mm -hmm. and i think that's insane (laughs) you know because it's like every time every time i'm watching him i'm like man like he just misses his receivers by like
0: i think you know what i saw he's he gets a lot of his a lot of his great throws are like out of pocket whenever he's like you know scrambling those are some of his best throws um in the pocket he struggles and i that's so weird because you're right there was that
1: one where he got out of the sack and he ended up, and it was like a – it was third down. It was like a 15-yard mm-hmm. gain to CeeDee Lamb right on the edge. I'm like, that was – yeah. that was an amazing play. He'll go yeah. out just like will yeah. come out and have these amazing plays. And then sometime, mm-hmm. you know, Romo will throw an interception. You're like, what was that? Mm-hmm. And then Dak, Dak will overthrow a receiver. You're like, he was wide open.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But it, it, it's like you put that pressure on him he does really good, but yeah, if we're just kind of like, line. Hey, we're good. Let's just relax. Let's play your game. He sits in the pocket. Uh, he turns into an average to below average quarterback.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't really, I haven't really solved the, the formula. I don't know. Like it's, he's, he's a good player. He, he has great games, you know, like the game against Tampa Bay, he, you know, yeah. throwing all this touchdowns, know, it was, he was pretty much perfect that game. And then, you know, he'll have other games where, you know, he'll throw three picks and he'll, you know, or he'll throw two picks and miss two open touchdowns that could have been, you know, so it's kind of just like he's kind of up and down. Um, he's not like, obviously he's not the Pat Mahomes. He's not, you know, Joe yeah. Burrow. Um, he's, he's a solid, he's a Pro Bowl level quarterback at, at best.
1: And when you have the right team around him, it should matter. And it's, I, I thought at the beginning of the year they had the right team. Yeah. Um, they're obviously still contenders. They, uh, could go on a run. You know, how many times do they, like, it was a couple of years ago. We just thought Dak was this MVP caliber quarterback. He hurts his calf yeah. and then all of a sudden he struggles. Um, but to Dan's point, it's, it's like, yeah, you, it's good to have this quarterback. Like if you get rid of him, There's no guarantee. Like you'll have anything close to him for a while. Cause You know, there's at least 15 teams, if not more, that don't have a quarterback that good because he's clearly above average. Yeah, yeah. But after how many ever, seven, eight seasons, it's like eventually, you know, you might want to try something different. Not that you get rid of Dak because he sucks and you're going to win the Super Bowl if you get rid of him. But it's like, well, how long are we going to wait? Because eventually we have to replace him or we're going to wait till the Super Bowl window closes and – you know, be mediocrity for four years rebuilding until we get a new one. Um, I agree. And again, you're right, Chris, I don't, I don't have the formula either. I can just give you my opinions, um, mm-hmm. whatever. I, I'm sure we're going to have 5 million comments and everybody who thinks they have the formula of <laughs> DAG being one of the best quarterbacks to Dak being the worst quarterback they've ever seen in their lives. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, more towards the game, it was like, the second quarter, the Cowboys were great. First and third, they were terrible. Most of the fourth, they were good. They came back. Um, but, you know, it's like they tried to give that game away at the end. The Eagles were definitely trying to give the game away. They mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you go from – Turpin just lets it bounce. You know, they get the ball at the 15-yard line. Clock's mm-hmm. ticking less than a minute. Uh, great play. I, I think that was Gallup. Gallup had a terrible game, but I think that was a great play, just getting the interference call. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you have the ball at like the five yard line and then it unfolds. You have the, you have a false start in there. You have a delay of game. You have a couple of sacks and then, oh, man. and then it forces you to, to, you know, not quite a hail Mary. Cause I think you have the ball, at like the 35 yard line, but well, still,
0: yeah, that's yeah. Those are killers.
2: Yeah. No, the end of that game literally felt like uh they because okay so because i mean you remember the eagles got that punt and they put the cowboys on like the 16 or something mm, like yeah. all the way back on on the Cowboys 16 they got the whole field to travel then it's pass interference uh a roughing the passer and yeah. the eagles basically put the ball on the 11 and they were like you're not going to score like we'll stop you and mm-hmm. they let the cowboys beat themselves because just like you were saying you know it was a all-star mm-hmm. and then uh they gave up the sack and then Dak was so slow to get up after that sack and to be honest uh one of the things i, I thought we could talk about too was uh do you throw the ball on that second and 21 uh where they ran that play because the eagles just kind of weren't getting back on defense or do mm-hmm. you spike the ball and try to keep a little more clock after he threw the ball you know there's five seconds left but i mean he, he could have spiked that ball and probably left them two I, opportunities i think to- back
1: um with all his faults, I think Dak's great at recognizing situations um, and making pretty good decisions. Uh, and I I saw it too because I was thinking, man, the Eagles are just great. Like, I was thinking maybe they don't spike this. Well, I kept going spike, 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 spike. And then the Eagles just looked discombobulated. And I thought, man, they, they might be able to get something on him. And that's what Dak saw. Uh, and it worked to an extent, but you just didn't have the time to – to correct. It's almost like, Hey, too much is happening. We don't have a lot of time. Let's just spike it and regroup. Um, they almost pulled it off though. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, not, not that CD lane was really close to scoring. Like once I, once he caught the ball, I saw there's no way he's, he's made, it was only like four yards, five yards, but mm-hmm. you know, they just had that wall there. There was no way. Yeah. Uh, But it, uh, you know, again, you go back to the two point conversion where he stepped out of balance, you know, I, I don't know. It, I thought Dak wasn't even going to make, you know, make it into the end zone. It looked like he had a lot of room where he didn't have to reach out that far with his Mm -hmm. foot. But uh, I've I've seen shots, which, you know, pictures are different than video. I've seen shots of where they were closing in a lot closer. So, Mm -hmm. but again, if he doesn't step out of bounds, it's a three-point game. And then when you're down there, you're kicking a field goal and going to overtime at worst.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they also could have kicked that field goal on that fourth down uh yeah that's true and I mean because they still had the three timeouts mm-hmm. and instead yeah. of going for it they could have kicked that field goal would have been down by two and, and you know and then that stop. one
1: that was called a touchdown they called it back because it was right there on fourth down as yeah. well it uh a lot of things that could have gone bad that's why I'm being very pessimistic about it I'm like you outplay the Eagles in that game a lot of stuff went against you a lot of two. stuff went against yeah. them um mm-hmm. I'm not scared of the Eagles anymore I mean I feel like they out
2: out called the Eagles. They made the better play calls and things like that. Cowboys just didn't execute. And I feel like that's one of my biggest issues with like Dak is that like he, he just kind of leads them into these situations. It feels like where like they have to execute or die and, you know, more times than not, it feels like we just die.
0: Yeah. And they're like, you know, red zone we've been talking about this all year like them in the red zone it's just there they have to be the worst team in the league or like one of them i, I don't know Bottom the of that, easy, of them, yeah. but it's t- like you know like those three points as opposed to seven and you know at the end of the game when you don't don't score at all that matters and those those points will add up especially against great teams like you know i think you know philly is such a great team Dallas matches up well with them, and they're a division rival. That's why there is never really a blowout. And that's why, you know, Dak's, what, 8-4 now against the Eagles. And he's yeah. pretty much undefeated against the Giants and pretty much undefeated against the uh, Commanders. It's a, gr- it's, it's a great matchup. And I just, you know, like, they're a great team, though, and they're going to capitalize on those things. And for you to have two false starts or, a pers- uh, a, you know, a holding penalty and you get sacked and all those things in the, in the red zone – that's just not gonna cut it against a team that was just in the Super Bowl
1: yeah for sure guys um, I want to thank y'all both for being on I don't mean to cut us off but we're running out of time uh, but Dan thanks for being on maybe we'll just make you a, a normal yeah,
0: man. yeah thanks for having uh, me. <laughs> part you, yeah.
1: of this show uh, I've never I've never had to do it with three different pe- uh, do a show with three different people two guests so it's uh it's been a learning experience for me but I think it's working well. Uh, guys, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Sports Page. You can catch us every week uh here on the Peak One Sports Network, uh, along with our other shows. But uh, until next time, I'm Ashton. That's Chris. Hi, I'm Chris. Yep. That's Dan. See you guys later. I'm Dan. See
0: ya.